Welcome to Shape by the Word, day 107. Uh, David Keefe here with Matt and Katie. And today we're going to conclude our time in the book of First Thessalonians. Uh, this has been a short book, but a really rich book. Um, we've gotten to see just the pastoral heart of Paul as he met these Christians. They came to faith as he was preaching the gospel in their city in a pretty tough situation. And it didn't seem to get any easier after they came to faith. That's something we don't really talk much about Christianity. You know, we kind of try to sell it as best as we can over here <laughs> in the West. But uh, often most of Christians before us have it, have lived their Christian life out in the midst of severe persecution and difficulty. Mm -hmm. And so we see that coming through the pages here. And so we've talked about kind of Paul recounts his, his time with them, his journey to kind of get back to them, his report of how they're they're thriving um, all to God's glory and their joy. He's kind of clearing up some some theological confusion they're having about the resurrection and just reminding them that the resurrection um, and the coming of the Lord is meant to be a hope for us today. Not mm -hmm. something that causes frustration or anger or confusion, but actually gives us an anchor of hope mm -hmm. as we live out our days. And so now we'll kind of conclude Again, kind of picking up again about the resurrection as we jump into chapter five and kind of just the closing remarks of Paul to the church. And so as we dive in, before we dive into the word, let's go to God in prayer. Katie, do you mind opening us? Yeah. Father, thank you for this time together as your church, as your people, and um, as we open up your word and, and engage with it. and. Um, would your Holy Spirit just continue to reveal more and more of your heart um, to us and, and shape us as we read it? And um, Lord, would you help us to just depend on you more and more um, and to find that hope um, that we were just talking about in you? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we need not to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you, Hold them in the highest regard, hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. 
Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Well, it is always a little sad when we come to the end of the book, right? Yeah. Especially a book this good. I know. Such a good um, and, and again, he, he, counts, he, he touches on so many things here at the end. Um, but again, kind of goes back to let us know um, that we are a people who, who don't live in darkness, but we live in the light. So there's that kind of distinction of that holiness he was talking about there in chapter four. And then he just kind of begins giving them instruction. He begins kind of instructing the idle and the, and the disruptive and, and calls us to be patient with everyone. We mm-hmm. could spend some time discussing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of just his, his, his closing remarks. And so as you guys are looking at First Thessalonians 5, what stands out to you? Go ahead, Matt. I know oh. you have a thought. <laughs> no, I just, I love how he, he's speechless. You know, we, we closed yesterday with just kind of talking about, you know, this, this future, when Jesus comes back, what's going to happen? And, and you can just imagine, I mean, much like us, you know, as we read this, we want to know, okay, how's this going to unfold? When is it going to come? And I mean, Paul sounds a lot like Jesus here. You know, the times and dates we do not need to write to you. You know, no one knows the, the day or the hour. And if there's a teacher out there telling you they've, they've calculated the certain time and day, like just flee from that, run from that teacher. Like, yeah. We don't know. Yeah, and, and so Paul writes to them and says, hey, we, we, we know the hope that we have in Christ. And when he comes back, we're all guaranteed to get it. But when this day is going to occur at the moment, like, you know, we don't need to write about this. Instead, you know, let us remind ourselves that we're children of the light. And, and I love, you know, Paul's talked about this quite a bit, but he, he says, but since we belong to the day, you know, since we're children of the light, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and hope of salvation. You know, that faith, love, and hope um, that we've been seeing as we've been reading throughout Paul's letters you know, that this is a mark of Paul's writing, this kind of, you know, triad of faith, mm-hmm. hope, and love. This should mark us. Mm-hmm. Not not just, you know, we should, we should look kind of expectantly to the day when Jesus returns, but we should be marked by faith, hope, and love as we do so, not by our ability to be able to guess when he will return. No, I, I always, anytime I read a passage like this, I'm always reminded of, I used to drive to go visit my wife and I would always pass this billboard and it was really popular at the time to do like these end times calculations. And this guy had this billboard put up and it had his website and it's going to happen on this day, this year. And I remember like it was coming up and then nothing happened. It didn't happen. And then I drove by a billboard again and it was gone. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know what happened to that yeah. guy, but yeah. yeah, like we're not supposed to be known as the people who are trying to calculate these things, right? We're supposed to be known as what Matt was saying, people of faith, hope, and love. Um, so that's what we're pursuing. That's what we're looking forward to. And, and I love even still, he says in, in, in chapter or uh, in verse three, 
you know, while people are saying peace and safety, um, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on the pregnant woman. They will not escape. And some uh, commentary saying this, these phrasings, peace and safety, are something that was often said by Caesar and, and the Roman mm-hmm. government at the time. Like, you know, with us, you mm-hmm. have peace. Mm-hmm. With us, you have safety. But Paul's saying, no, no, no. He's actually taking their words and, and turning them in on themselves and saying, no, it's not just this peace and safety that, that the government's saying you have, but there's a better peace. There's a better safety. Because one day, just like a pregnant woman going into labor, the end of all things is going to happen. And so yeah. obviously he wants us to be with Jesus in that moment. That's what he's even encouraging these believers with is so many of them are thinking of kind of leaving and, and walking away. This is, this is too hard. Maybe I can find more peace and more safety just devoting myself to Caesar and saying, no, no, no. Keep devoted to Christ. There's a better peace. There's a better safety because one day everything's going to change and you want to be found with Christ. How good is that though for us right now just to hear like, peace and safety we we don't find the kind of peace and safety we need in our government in um, our idols whatever that may be we can only find the kind we need in him and we're not gonna we're not gonna know exactly when he's gonna come back um, but we can trust and, and find security in him and him alone uh, I, that is so good and I, I love that we don't have to know when mm-hmm. like just like a, a woman who's about to go into labor, like we try to make things. I mean, that's happened to me both times that I've gone into labor with my children. Y'all can't, sorry, you can't speak to this. Um, I cannot. But but both times I tried to make it, like at those at the very end, you want it to happen. You're so ready for it to happen. And you try to make it happen as much as you possibly can um, by going on walks, by eating spicy food. But you can't, I mean, you're not in control of that. And that's just such a great illustration that Paul uses. I love his use um, of that of that picture, um, and that you don't need to know, but you can trust in the fact that he he's going to come in perfect timing and in the in the most perfect way, and we're we're secure in him. I love how he kind of concludes his section two, you know, before he moves on to his final instructions in verse eleven. He says, "Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing." Mm-hmm. We we never stop discipling one another. We never stop building each other up. You know, it's. I, th- I think we go through seasons where we think, man, I want to be more encouraging, or I want to be more affirming, and you know, I, I want to maybe even I want to give more attention to, to trying to disciple others. And and Paul says, you never stop that. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, we've seen this letter. I mean, he's been very complimentary of them so far, mm-hmm. but he says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Just as in fact you are doing, you know, this, the call or the command to continue to disciple each other doesn't end once you've done it once or twice or done it for a season. It's a call to continually do it. Mm-hmm. And you got to love that too in the context of where he's saying it. And we've said it numerous times as we've talked about this letter, but these Christians are going through a tough time. Mm-hmm. And what's he say? Like, you need to be together. You need the church. Just as much as the church needs you, you need the church. And so when life gets hard, the Apostle Paul would encourage you to dig deeper into mm-hmm. community, not to separate from it or to kind of distance yourself or to kind of, you know, it's tough right now. Um, we're just going to kind of do our thing, try to weather this storm, just me and my family. No, he's saying you need the church because they can actually encourage you and they can build you up. And I think especially over what these last nine mm-hmm. months that we found ourselves in this kind of pandemic life, which none of us know how to live very well, I don't think. Um, you know, 
we need each other during this. Um, yeah. We need to be around the church. We need to be connected as best as we can, whether it's online, in person, outdoors, whatever we're doing, right? But man, even if it's on Zoom, I know everyone <laughs> hates <laughs> Zoom, but even on Zoom, we can be built up and we can be encouraged yeah. and we need to keep doing that. Absolutely, it's so important. I, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to, is in that, that, I mean, it's even just a challenge to, you can be in a place with people and not build each other up. You know, you can be in a place with yeah. people and not encourage one another. And, and so I think that, that active call, I mean, because we, I think we felt that to some extent. Not only have we been removed from community to some degree in the pandemic, I, I think we've also felt the effects of, you know, still being present at times, but not being able to encourage others or not being encouraged by others. And, and so I think the reminder to us is, yeah, that active, Mm-hmm. community of, of pressing in of digging deeper you know saying we will go out of our way to encourage and build one another up mm-hmm. and not just so like yeah because you can be with a body of believers and leave discouraged yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. absolutely uh, like man i think everyone's just venting and obviously we want to vent <laughs> and we need to have a, a space where we can share right. but at the end and, and then paul models this all throughout his letters too like there has to be the gospel come in mm-hmm. into our life, into our situation, and speak to us. And as we even see later in Second Thessalonians, like you know, and, and even in First Corinthians, like the, the gospel speaks to all areas of life. Mm-hmm. And so we know that as we gather together, there is some ver- some piece of of the gospel that we need to hear and we need to believe in order to weather what we're going through. And because the gospel does give us the faith and love and hope. And so the gospel has to come into our lives in some way. And we have to do that often for each other, right? Mm-hmm. As we like to say around here, it's easier for me to believe the gospel for you mm-hmm. than it probably is for you to believe it for yourself. And so mm-hmm. that's the, the importance of community and, and, and gospeling each other, um, speaking this good news into our life situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how good are these final instructions that he gives them? Like, I mean, I can just pray, only pray that these mark our church body, um, and it's and maybe it marked me too. Um, I mean, I just feel like we should even read some of them again. But like, rejoice always. Verse sixteen: Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We were talking about God's will yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is another um, yeah. mention of it. And, and and to think that they were reading this under persecution. I mean. I, I complain just with a hard day with my kids. I mean, I'm not facing any sort of persecution that they're facing. And so rejoicing, even in um, the life of a stay-at-home mom, like that's that's challenging. Yeah. And giving thanks for it. And giving thanks <laughs> for it, yeah. And of course, I thank God for my kids, but there are moments when I, I just want to get away. <laughs> but like, man, just so many of these instructions are just so rich and, and good for us to be reminded of constantly, like, um, don't quench the spirit. Um, it's it's just good. And that, that last, like verse 23, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. Be kept. So he's mm-hmm. keep he's doing mm-hmm. the keeping. His active work. Um, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Mm-hmm. He's the one doing the work and he will keep us till the end. And we're just called to to hold on to him and, and let him do the sanctifying work in us. It's so good. And so as we kind of wrap up, if you're looking for something to rejoice in today, or maybe you're like, I have nothing to rejoice in today, whether you're reading this or listening to this in the morning, in the afternoon or the evening, it's been a terrible day. He gives us what we can rejoice in in chapter, in, in, in verse nine 
in verse 10. Here, here's why you can rejoice today, church. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Mm-hmm. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. See, that, that's how the gospel comes into our life and encourages us and builds us up. And so if we're having a difficult time rejoicing today, let's turn to the gospel. Be reminded that we're not appointed to suffer wrath, but we've been graciously saved. Mm-hmm. And whether we're awake or asleep, um, we will live together with him. Mm-hmm. And so this is the, the hope that Paul would encourage weary Christians with. And this is the hope we want to encourage each other with as well. Mm-hmm. Matt, you mind uh, closing us out in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are indeed the one who is faithful and you will do all these things. Uh, Father, help us to rejoice um, always, to, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances. Thank you for the hope we do have in the gospel. Would you turn our eyes to it, turn our hearts to it, remind us often um, of, of the grace that we have in Christ Jesus. And and as we do so, God, would you help us to build one another up, to encourage one another, help us um, to take help us to to receive this word and and may it take root in our hearts it's in christ's name Mm -hmm. we pray Amen. Mm -hmm. amen